Greetings, Bill Mobley for the Sanford uh, Institute for Empathy and Compassion. Very pleased to be today with Steve Garfin, Dr. Steve Garfin, who's Dean of the School of Medicine at UCSD. Um, he plays an extraordinarily important role for medical student education, and the Institute is very focused on understanding the neurobiology of empathy and compassion, but also how we use what we learn to help our students, our faculty, and others to basically harness and hold on to that empathy and compassion, to enhance it if possible when they're caring for patients, which can be very difficult and very challenging. So Steve, welcome to the Compassion Forum. And I thought maybe we'd ask you to give a little bit of background about yourself and your job and, and, and how things are going now, especially during this uh, very difficult time. Okay, so I'm, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I did my training at UCSD. Um, I have been on the faculty since 1980 and was appointed, uh, literally voluntold, I would be dean uh, almost two years ago by the chancellor uh, without a lot of preparation. Uh, he did give me a week to decide yes. He didn't give me no as an option. Um, so it was sort of a slower ramp up for me than maybe others um, in terms of learning the job and learning what has to be done and all the components of it. Um, I think I'm maybe slowly getting there, maybe feeling a little bit, maybe confident uh, and competent in this role, which really takes a lot of preparation to get there in the, in the normal cycle of things. The, the normal work involves uh, responsibility through a vice dean for medical education for the medical education of medical students, of uh, graduate students, um, all the faculty and all the departments uh, report to a number of people, but I'm responsible for them, particularly the, uh, the faculty uh, academic part, their research part, their teaching part, and their promotions and advancement, as well as new hires and retentions, uh, and participate in the executive governing board of the hospital the hospital system, though there's not a direct reporting line to me. So all that is a lot of work with a lot of surprises daily, uh, academically, uh, retention, legal issues, acting out issues, diversity, uh, a plethora of areas uh, for 1,600 faculty and 800 trainees, all complicated now by COVID and having in one and a half weeks to close down essentially the first two plus years of medical school and creating online courses, which we've never had before, of having everybody go home, of dealing with uh, protection of patients and employees, faculty, nurses, staff, students, many of whom are fearful to be there and don't wanna be there and go home to families of varying ages with elderly parents or young, young kids, uh, 
So it has made it very complicated. The campus is doing the exact same thing. And as Dean, I have to be in all those meetings, not so much overseeing what's going on in the main campus, but participating and knowing what's happening there. So it's in sync with what we're doing. So it's, it's an immense job that takes a while to learn. Well, let me just make the comment from the outside that I think you're doing more than a competent job. You're doing great. And I think the, the sense you have of yourself and your, just who you are and the, and the genuineness of your character makes all this much more possible. I mean, you're being honest about how challenging the whole thing is under normal conditions, much less with the pandemic. And I've seen you operate in these meetings. You've been a great facilitator of discussion. But are there things that are especially difficult right now? Are there concerns that really are greater than others in your mind as you kind of look at the next few months of, of a different sort of style of life here at the School of Medicine? Well, there's lots, not just a couple. Um, I, I think one of the, the, the big ones that I've been bringing up in national dean meetings and, and state dean meetings is I think the medical students are going to be a different breed. Um, it, particularly if we get trainees completing medical school in New York or New Orleans or Chicago or Detroit, they're, they're not going to come here with the enthusiasm and confidence of what we did, you and I, Bill, or even last year. If they're from those cities or states, they're going to have dealt with death, which you don't as a medical school student. And in fact, you don't usually as a doctor, depending on your specialty, but they're going to have been with patients that are dying or families that can't see them or are intubated, um, that, that's going to bring a different person to medicine than we're used to. And so one of my concerns is do we have the resources and the Sanford group may have those for us to deal with these students that are coming here uh, with, with the virus still out there maybe being fearful or afraid or not as compassionate or maybe more compassionate dealing with patients uh, and others. I think this is a remarkable time. And, and, and just to sort of stay with that idea, none of us have been through anything like this, this before. I mean, there was 9-11 and we were all concerned and there have been other disasters we've seen, but on this mag on this scale, never. And specifically on this scale, with respect to medical students and residents and faculty, never. In a, in a way, it really is like a war, and we're going to have to adjust our footing. Um, I think it's a huge challenge, and, and I don't know how best for the Institute to make this work, but I know it's going to take a collaboration with your, your good offices and with uh, our vice chancellor and the chancellor and the CEO of the hospital, we're going to have to work together on this because we may, it may be kind of, you know, building the airplane as we fly it or something, but we need to find a way to deal with the stresses and anxieties that are certainly going to come along with our new learners. 
again, I agree with you. Nobody, when I started residency, it was with this enormously fresh attitude. Anything was possible. The world was good. And all I had to do was to learn my job and to take good care of the people that I was supposed to take care of. Now one has this lingering kind of cloud of, oh my gosh, some people are really, really sick. Some people die. And sometimes they don't have the control over my life uh, that I'd like to have. So I agree, Steve, we need to we need to collaborate with you on this. So that that's one of them. I think the other is the job itself, the, the university job with people losing salaries, staff losing jobs, faculty cutting salaries, maybe the patient flow will never be as high. Um, what is their quality of life going to be? And we have, uh, just like in society right now, a bit of a polarization with those coming into work daily. I'm talking about faculty right now coming into work daily and others who don't want to come in at all mm -hmm. and aren't. Mm -hmm. And and that puts uh, us against them, whoever us is and whoever they, whoever they are. But if you're in the hospital, you know who's not in the hospital. Yeah. And are, are, is the former group going to accept the other ones who stayed home and not I don't want to say put their life on the line, but put their life on the line. So I think that's a a whole nother arena we have to think about um, and not just open the doors and say, come in. Hopefully that'll happen. And hopefully it'll teach us a different degree of togetherness. I mean, working together. It's not all about our own individual careers and um, finances. But there is truly a bigger picture, and particularly at the university when the stresses are high, the patients are complex, the interactions are complex. Understood. And it, it is a challenge. I'm, I'm thinking that whereas the challenges that we had to meet in getting into the early phase of the pandemic are probably only going to get more complicated as we emerge, hopefully, from the sort of the surge, the post-surge period, and, and we're going to have to work together. I thought, as a kind of last question, Steve, what do what what the viewers need to know about you and the other leaders of this organization, what, about your passion for the great work that we do? What, what, what do they need to know about um, your dedication and your colleagues' dedication to the very best in medical care for our patients, but also obviously the care for our fellow workers? Um, that's a tough question. I guess the simple answer is we're here for you, whoever you are. Mm -hmm. um, I go in and I'm still seeing patients in the clinic. I make rounds um, to be seen and see if I can help people more than me to be seen, but just to see what kind of help they need. Patty Mason, our CEO, she, she must be working 26 hours a day, eight days a week, literally, mm -hmm. um, to get the equipment we need, to get re redirect the finances, correct the finances. Um, it's a daunting task, but we've all been here. We've Yes, it's many on Zoom, some in person. 
the uh, infectious disease faculty that are involved with this and the command center, uh, which includes the hospital staff and School of Medicine staff and other faculty are, are, have literally been working night and day to try and make this a tolerable, if not exceptional place to return to. Maybe exceptional is a strong word, but let me say safe. It, it, it is safe, at least as safe as we can make it. We have as much gear as we feel we need. And we're here to help. That's all I can say. Well, that's a lot to say, Steve, and we thank you for your leadership and for your terrific spirit together with our other leaders in getting through this. And as you said, just being here and being available and doing our best to help our patients and our colleagues. Steve, thank you for coming on the program, and we wish you all the very best. Thank, thanks, Bill, and uh, we all appreciate what you're doing and what the Institute is designed to do. It's marvelous. Thank you. Thank you.